Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to another episode of Women's Football Success. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington, and I am super excited to be here. This is episode 1802. If you didn't get a chance to listen to episode 1801, um, we did that last week. And just for a recap, um, we talked about uh, my background in women's football and education, and then women's football history. We also talked about what Women's Football Success is about as a radio show and as a website. And then um, we talked about uh, tryouts and getting numbers, getting more people um, to tryouts and having more people on your team. And then we also talked about preparing to host a show for those teams that have never done it before or uh, this might be their first season doing that. Um, they may have hosted a show, hosted a game in uh, week one or two, um, but maybe it didn't go the way they thought it would. So um, the episode one really um, gets into some details about preparing to host the game. And then we talked about player promotion. This week, we are going to talk about revenues, ticket sales. Um, coaching with respect and respect and flexibility in the coaching staff. Uh, for players, we're going to talk about sponsorships, and then for support staff, I'm going to talk a little bit about social media. I'm just going to kind of do a broad overview, and then um, and why it's so important, and then also um, we'll go into the Facebook group, etc. And then I'll talk about what we're going to do next week. So real quick, um, I'm going to give you a disclaimer, like I always do at the beginning of my show. Um, I am an attorney. I'm licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. Um, I'm not your attorney. Um, I am a co-owner of the Dallas Elite Women's Football Team. And in the past, I am the only owner that ever, ever owned three women's football teams at the same time. The Lone Star Mustangs, the Little Rock Wildcats, and the Tulsa Eagles. Um, Again, if you want to listen to more details about that, um, I just put it on the first episode so people could get an understanding of where I'm coming from, why I do this, um, and that I'm not just doing this because I, I think I can do it well. Um, I've done it well, and I'm going to continue doing it well. So I want to be able to share that information with other teams and hopefully um, benefit uh, teams, players, coaches, staff, owners, um, and hopefully keep them from uh, having forfeits or having uh, uh, bad seasons or unprofitable seasons. So what I'm going to talk about first today is revenue from ticket sales. So a lot of teams um, 
spend a lot of money on their facilities, etc., and then they have a very difficult time um, getting people in the stands. And that is one of the primary ways that you have to uh, make money throughout the season. So I don't, depending on the league, um, you could have four regular season games, six regular season games. In our league, we have eight regular season games, um, and then a couple bye weeks, and then we have three uh, playoff weeks, and then the championship. So one of the only ways that you have for revenue on a regular basis within the within the time frame of the regular season games is ticket sales. So you need to get the most bang for your buck and get as many ticket sales as you possibly can throughout those four home games. Because typically the four away games are uh, money losers or cost you money. So they, so you don't really get any money making benefit from the away games. Um, hopefully we can change that with a couple of ideas that, that I've had and that I've, I've presented. So we'll see. Um, but with that being said, and ticket sales, typically are being priced at $10 per adult, uh, $5 to $6 for children 12 to 5, and then somewhere between the 5, 4, 3 range, uh, they have free tickets for 5 and below or 3 and below, etc. Now, there are several different ways to uh, do the tickets, um, and I'm going to kind of talk about that here in a little bit, but um, ideally, um, if you don't have a business background, this, the simplest way to put it is revenue minus expenses equals gross profit. So any revenue you get, and we're just talking about ticket sales at this point, revenue from ticket sales minus the expenses of your ticket sales equals your gross profit from ticket sales. So ideally you want to have more ticket sales than expenses so that you can have a profit. Um, a lot of these uh, games that we're going to um, are cannot possibly be profitable for home games even because they rent their stadiums for anywhere between five hundred and five thousand dollars and they sell their tickets at ten dollars a piece um, with children being five and other children being free so for example if you have a facility that costs you five thousand dollars you have to have a minimum of five hundred tickets sold just to pay for the facility so let's just talk about real quick the costs of having tickets because the reason you have tickets is because you have a facility because you're playing a game. So you're gonna have costs for officials, costs for announcers, uh, costs for any other personnel that you need to provide um, on the sidelines or in the concession stand or at the ticket booth. And then you also have concessions um, depending on the situation that you've set up with uh, the field that you're at, you may or may not have the cost of concessions to make money on concessions, but that's a whole nother section. Um, but again, I wanted to kind of put that in your ear as far as why you have revenue from ticket sales is because you're playing the game and there'll be other additional expenses, not just the field. So a lot of times people just say, oh, well, my field's $1,200. I need to have 120 people in there and I'll be profitable wrong. You want to add about 20% to your number of people to be able to cover the cost of your facility, field rental, um, officials, announcers, etc. 
So if I am doing, say it's $1,000, then I need to do 1,200 minimum. And that's even low because for example, um, and I'm gonna put this on the article that will be going with this radio show. Um, it's gonna have a budget out there for ticket sales for people to look at. Um, at this point in our women's football experience, we actually have tickets uh, printed. We design them and print them. Um, and the cost is anywhere between 200 and $600, depending on how many tickets you get and how many people you anticipate selling tickets to. Um, but there are other ways to do tickets. So for example, one way is to print them yourself. Um, in the past, um, when we were first, first and second year, we used cardstock colorful cardstock, card whatever color your team is, and then we printed in black, and then we had them printed at like a Staples or an Office Max, and they would cut the, cut the tickets for us, like eight up, and it was between maybe 60 and 100 bucks. So if you're at that level that, and you don't wanna be in the four, five, $600 price range, um, but you wanna provide a good looking ticket, you can be in the $100 price range. Now, um, that if you're wanting to um, keep track of how many people are coming into the stadium, you will probably want to number those tickets. I mean, you can just count the tickets without numbering them. Um, but if you're gonna use those tickets also for like a drawing, then you might want to stamp the top of the ticket, stamp the bottom of the ticket. And they have stamps, again, at the office supply store that you can actually, um, it'll stamp twice the same number. Um, so you would stamp the top of the ticket, stamp the bottom of the ticket, and then rip it in half or um, so that they can keep a portion of the ticket. If you're going to, for example, have them come out at halftime or call their number out for a gift, um, that would be a good way to do that. Um, the alternative or the low, low cost way to do this is to get some basic, uh, those red raffle tickets that you can get a spool of them. Um, at an office supply store. And I think even the dollar store has like a, a 500 of them for a buck or 200 of them for a buck. And they have different colors. So you could technically give one color to one person, one color to the other, uh, uh, other, well, one color for one game and another color for another game so that people can't bring different tickets back and say, oh, I was in this game. Um, so there's a lot of ways to do that. In addition to the expenses of selling the ticket or printing the tickets um, your facility like I said before is going to range from 500 to 5,000 um, I've seen different facilities I've seen I've seen $2,000 facilities that should have been $500 and I've seen $500 facilities that should have cost 5,000 so um, and there's no it's not by region or area um, you can hear the people in the background cheering and everything that's pretty cool um, but it's not by area or region uh, that makes those prices. It's usually by the stadium and um, it's difficult to determine how much that's gonna be, but whatever you get in your area, I usually use that number plus the cost of my ticket sale, uh, my ticket production and my cost of officials, which depending on what league you're in again, it, that is between 400 and $600. It's usually six to eight officials, um, depending on how they're set up and if you need a timekeeper up in the box or two. Um, and then we also have the cost of an announcer. Usually an announcer at a game will be 100 to $150 for the whole game. And you'll want to contract with them 
sooner rather than later. So again, so let's get back to, uh, oops, you hear that? Um, we're out here at a game, so you can hear everything around, people cheering and everything. So um, so we want to get back to ticket production, 500 bucks. Uh, field rental, maybe 1500 bucks. So we're at 2000 And then we have officials at 500 So we're at 2500 plus the announcer, so 2650 So you would need to sell, just from that, you would need to sell 265 um, full price $10 tickets um, to break even for that game. And then, of course, we're not talking about making a profit to be able to spend that money on your away travel at one of your next games. Um, so this is just a basic rundown of ticket sale revenue. And it really depends on your expenses. Like I said before, I like to back into the numbers so that I know what my expenses are, so I know how many people have to come to the stadium in order for me to make money. Um, so if you're in the uh, $1,500 range, plus all those other fees, you're looking at 265 people need to be in those stands paid, um, not given away, but paid tickets in order for you to make a profit on that one home game. I hope this helps some people out, and if you want to, at the end of the, um, broadcast. I'm going to put some information on there about uh, the Facebook group that you can attend and add to um, and, and become part of the discussion. Real quick, I'm going to switch over to our coaching. So I am not a coach. I don't pretend to be a coach. I will never be a coach. But what I do as a business owner is we try to hire, try to get volunteers, depending on the situation. Um, a coaching staff that we believe will work well with women in general and work well with the girls that we have. It's super important to make sure that uh, a coaching staff has respect and flexibility. Those are my two big, big areas that I really uh, try to work on and make sure everybody understands. And. What I want to get to really is that any area that you're in, if you put a post out there for a women's football coach, you will probably get 10 to 15 hits, depending on your social media, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But you'll get several hits for people that want to coach. Now, I understand that in some situations, it's important to have able bodies and you want to have 10 or 15 coaches. Um, but with that being said, it's super important for you to somehow um, shadow them or be out there with them when they're coaching so that you can get an idea of how they're interacting with your um, players and with the other coaching staff. Um, most importantly, when you, when you get to women's football, a lot of times you'll get coaches that are speaking way above the women's um, knowledge of football, depending on how many years of experience or um, what, they, um, what they're used to. Um, if they've been coaching football for a long time or even peewees or even high school and they've been coaching for 20 years, a lot of times their lingo or their, their uh, terminology is um, very high. I guess, I don't know how to explain it, but their terminology is way above the, the heads of everybody that they're talking to. So. Um, I don't want to say dumb it down or make it easier to understand, um, but you, a lot of times uh, coaching, 
coaching staff or coaches that have been coaching for a long time don't even realize that they need to bring it down a notch. Um, some of the women in women's football are just getting off the couch today or yesterday, or they liked football because their brother played it, or they love the Cowboys and so they've always watched the games. But ultimately, they have not been out on the field doing reps and reps and reps for the last 10 years. So it's really important for um, a coaching staff to show respect to women football players. Um, and the way I usually put it is, um, when you have women coming out to play football, it's not because their daddy told them to, and it's not because they have to, or they have to get credit in school because they didn't you know, want to take PE or whatever. When women come and play football, it's because they love it, they want to learn it, they want to enjoy it. So it's super important for the coaching staff to show women football players respect. And if that can't happen, or they don't want to do that, or they think they shouldn't have to do that, then that is a coaching uh, person that you do not want on your coaching staff. Secondly, let's talk about a little bit about flexibility. A lot of times you get coaches that again, want to talk at the high level, advance, talk scheme, talk, you know, bubble, blitz. Some of these girls are like, I need to understand, I get four downs to get 10 yards. And I've talked about this for a long, long time uh, with different people in women's football. Um, you need to have a coaching staff or even individual coaches that show flexibility. That's people jumping on the bleachers. Um, sorry about that. Um, but. You want people that show flexibility in coaching that are willing to talk or willing to go over things over and over again. Um, I understand, you know, not wanting to waste time, not wanting to, to repeat yourself, but in women's football, a lot of times, you know, you're dealing with 30, 40, 50 women from all different walks of life, all different education, all different knowledge, all different interests, all different levels of passion for women's football. Some of them are super passionate and know everything in and out. Others are like, yeah, my girlfriend, uh, my my girlfriend talks about it, and so I thought I'd try it out. Or my cousin does it, so I thought I'd try it. So they might not be as passionate and and know the ins and outs, but they want to learn. So your coaching staff needs to be super flexible and interested in working with the players. That's probably about all that I'm going to go into on the coaching with respect and flexibility. Um, and then we'll have um, some guests and Coach Mike on here to talk specifics on coaching when, with regards to coaching in women's football. I'm gonna kind of transition here real quick. Um, each of the episodes that we do, I, I'm gonna try to do something for owners, something for coaches, something for support staff, something for players. So this next section is talking about player sponsorships. So, I'll, let me start out by saying that there's a lot of people in women's football that feel that women should get paid to play. And I agree with that. I'm from that genre or that, that set of people. There are some players that just are okay with paying and just wanna play. There is this other set of people that um, think that there should not be any work involved when it comes to getting paid, that they should just play, be able to play football and the money should come to them in endorsements or sponsorships or whatever the case is. That, that would be great. And that's what happens in men's football. 
Um, so men go and play football, they get paid a bunch of money, um, they get sponsorships from Under Armour, Nike, Reebok, whatever, and they make more money. Well, I, like I said, I, I am of the opinion that uh, women should get paid to play football, and I am part of a movement to get players to get paid. However, people need to understand that women's football is not at that place yet. They're just not. Um, as long as we have teams that have 50 people in the stands and teams that have 100 people, 200 people in the stands, um, as long as we have people, coaches cussing on the sidelines and, and uh, telling people that they're going to, you know, break the skull of other people and all the fans are hearing this, um, as long as we have people switching teams and splitting teams, um, I'll tell you what, we are not going to get the recognition in women's football um, to a place where pay players get paid. We're just not. Um, and as soon as those things stop happening, um, then there might be some recognition for um, the players in the sport. So while not a lot of players get paid to play football, most of them have to pay, um, that ranges from anywhere $1,200 to play to $100 to play. Um, very rarely is it on the lower end, it's usually on the higher end, or there's some combination of the two, 750 player fee plus you have to do something else, or 500 player fee plus you have to do other things. So depending on what team or what league you're in, um, that can all range from team to team and from uh, place to place. So. What I wanted to talk about is player sponsorships. And the reason I, that I feel that this is so important is because player sponsorships are one of the leading ways to getting players paid or not paying, whichever your team allows to happen. So sponsorships are usually between $25 and $5,000. Um, some teams have $10,000 and $20,000 sponsorships, but not typically. And even if they have them, they don't usually um, end up selling those sponsorships. So what I want to, what I really encourage players to do is that um, getting five $200 sponsorships is just as much money as one $1,000 sponsorship. But it's easier to ask a small business for $200 than it is to ask for a thousand. Yeah, you have to get five of them or whatever, but it's so much easier and there's so much less red tape with giving $200 as opposed to a thousand dollars. So what I suggest on these player sponsorships, and, and you can go around the league, some of, some of the teams post them online, some of them don't. Um, but player sponsorships usually have good names or catchy names like player, player, player fee sponsorship, player travel sponsorship, um, different things like that. And the idea is for these players to go out into the community and represent their team and say, hi, my name is Lynn. I'm a player for the Dallas Elite Women's Football Team. Um, one of the things that we, need, we do as a team is we need to raise funds for our, each player to travel. I was stopping by your business because um, I'm looking for sponsorships and I saw your business. I thought you might be interested in an opportunity to be able to advertise and promote your business while helping 
a women football player play football. It's not that it's not very hard. Um, that's kind of the role play that I do that uh, explains to people how to go out and talk to people about player sponsorships. Um, but you're always going to have some situations where players don't want to do that or don't want don't want to do it or don't know how to do it. So I usually do a role play is what I call it um, to explain how to do player sponsorships. Next, I want to kind of talk about support staff and social media. And this is really a not a complicated subject, but it can get complicated. Um, it's always important to appoint one or two people to be your your social media helpers, I guess. Depending on your situation, um, you want to make sure that you keep the passwords uh, close to you. Um, sometimes it's better to have people do some work and then submit it to you and give it back to you so that you can then post it on the social media. Um, it really depends on how much you trust the people and how much um, you can um, let them do some of the tasks for you. Um, but real quick, when it comes to um, women's football, social media is huge, it's super important for your team. And if you're not doing it right now, you need to get doing it. I'm actually gonna hold a webinar um, here in the next couple weeks that goes into the details of social media. We're gonna kind of tackle them head on and give some more basic intermediate and then advanced um, tips for using your social media but with that being said if you are not if you are not on social media you need to get on it now there's a Facebook Instagram Twitter there's YouTube there's Google Plus um, and there's a couple other ones but the idea behind the social media is being able to collect followers and then be able to send your message to those followers as you see fit through different posts or um, announcements about different things that are going on in your team. It's very important that you guys understand the ins and outs of each set of social media because it is different and that you're allowed to do different things on different parts of social media. So. For example, we talk about the the, the limit on Twitter, the number of characters, etc. They've now opened that up a little bit with not counting certain things as the, in the numbers, and then um, also pictures and those kind of things can be added now. Um, so that's pretty cool, and you can also add videos to Twitter. Then, but that, those rules and those ways of doing things are going to be a little bit different than what you can do on Facebook or Instagram. So. It's really important for the social media person to understand the ins and outs of these different social media platforms because um, you can really utilize them to benefit you and expand your reach, expand your ability to um, recruit players or recruit fans, uh, people that want to buy tickets or come to the concession stand and buy food while, while they're at a the game with you. So ideally, depending on your uh, team makeup or how many support staff members you have this could be an individual person that is in re responsible for social media you could have two people that are responsible for social media um, or it might be somebody that's holding two or three or four different hats that also does your social media for you if you do not have a Facebook Instagram Twitter Google Plus YouTube channel 
Um, you need to get one now and you want them to all be the same if possible. Sometimes um, something's taken be because the words don't match or somebody's already taken your, you know, Atlanta Phoenix. Somebody might already have that. They shouldn't, but, but they might. Um, so you may have to change it to the Atlanta Phoenix or Atlanta Phoenix women's football or whatever the case is. Um, but you want to try and look at it first before you start gaining them. Because if you go, for example, to Facebook and you get Dallas Elite and then you go over to Twitter and Dallas Elite isn't available, then you might have to do Dallas Elite football. And so then your Twitter and your Facebook don't match. Ideally, you want them all to match so people can go to every one of your different social media platforms and follow you or like you, etc. Like I said before, I am going to be holding a webinar on social media for women's football. I also have a webinar in the works for starting a women's football team and a couple other um, things. You'll be able to go in there. So you'll be able to get the basic information on the radio station. And there's an ambulance or... Uh, a police car coming around so that's kind of funny um, but you'll be able to go into the webinars for more advanced more detailed information to be able to really work on your social media skills and get things um, working for you and within those webinars we're going to be able to give show you some ideas and some strategies for um, increasing your reach and increasing your um, numbers in those areas. So real quick, next week, I'm gonna talk about, um, from a revenue standpoint for um, owners, I'm gonna talk about five great fundraisers that I've used in the past and or um, other owners have told me about that have been very successful. Most of the time when they tell me they've been successful, I try them out to see you know, how successful they are. Um, and then on the coaching side, we're going to talk about practice schedules. On the player side, next week, we're going to talk about football 101 and the basics of football um, and how to get the players to, to understand those levels because then it, it's really hard to get them to know the advanced stuff if they don't understand the basic stuff, right? And then when it comes to support staff, we're going to talk about event planning uh, because if you guys haven't noticed already, if, you're, if you've been in women's football for any amount of time, you will start to realize that women's football is actually like 10 mini businesses wrapped up into one business. Uh, because you have fundraising, you have uh, football games, you have event planning, you have sponsorships, you have social media, you have coaching, um, you have volunteer staff, etc. So there's a lot of different things that go into um, being the owner, player, coach or support staff for a women's football team. So real quick before I go, I just want to go through the different ways that you can get to the information about women's football success. Um, so real quick, so women's football success is a kind of subsidiary or a division of my super small business um, organization. So you can go there by going to supersmallbiz.com. And if you go to supersmallbiz.com, you can click on women's football success. I've attached it or made it a page within that um, because I am going to add other businesses inside there as well. Um, but with that being said, as things grow and expand, um, I may or may not 
create a separate uh, page specifically for women's football success. Um, it just depends on how much people like it and want it and, and it grows. Um, again, if you listen to episode 1801, you'll um, hear me talk about um, something that we did several years ago called um, Football for Women, uh, football, the number four women.org or .com. Um, and that was a page where we put out, uh, it was a newsletter and we put out different things. Um, it was usually weekly or bi-weekly throughout the season and then once a month on the off season. And um, so if that's something that you guys are interested in, feel free to do that. The other thing is the Facebook group that we've created for Women's Football Success. It's www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash Women's Football Success. Now that is a place where you can join with me and other people that are interested in women's football success. Um, and you can actually uh, post different things to the discussion and ask questions and try to get some information. So um, we have a set of rules on that group that talk about how you can comment. You know, you can't post links to products and services and make this a multi-level marketing situation. Um, but Mondays, we do Marketing Mondays. Tuesday, we do Business Tip Tuesdays. Wednesdays are Wonderful Wednesday. Uh, Wonderful Wednesday is usually words of encouragement or ins inspirational stories um, that we share about women's football. Thursday is going to be weekly predictions from women's football. So that's going to be um, predictions for the upcoming week. Um, and there may or may not be different um, uh, leagues in there, um, but we'll make a couple predictions. And then Friday is promotional Friday. So that allows people um, on the page to um, share pictures, stories about their team, about players, about staff, um, other upcom upcoming events that they have. And then Saturday is social media Saturday where they share um, their team's Facebook posts or social media posts, Instagram pictures um, onto the women's football success group and that goes shared out to the rest of the group. And then on Sunday is Sunday celebration. The games are over for the week for most of the leagues, and then we share pictures from the games the night before. Um, so I'm really super excited about that. Um, and then, um, like I said, the articles about these topics that I talked about on the radio show are gonna be up on the Super Small Biz um, site with the Women's Football Success, if you click on there, you'll be able to look at the articles that pertain to the topics that I talked about tonight in more detail. Um, and then again, real quick, next week, we're gonna talk about five great fundraisers. We're gonna talk about practice schedules, football 101 and event planning. You guys can hear we're getting ready. We're getting ready to be done with, with football. I really appreciate your time tonight. You guys, um, please keep coming back. Um, it's gonna be super exciting. We're trying to um, get this to the point where um, Everybody in women's football can be successful. Um, we just need to get all the components together. And you, the leagues don't have time to do all the work for each team. Each team needs to do the work themselves. So um, I appreciate your time and energy and your passion for women's football. And I hope to see you again. You guys have a great night. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.